That's the opening music from the new short film called Montréal Snowbeck by Ezra Soiferman. The six-minute piece is Soiferman's ode to winters in Montreal. From the joys of sledding on Mount Royal to the way the city's public works crews clean 10,000 kilometers of streets with their fleet of snowblowers and dump trucks. And we even learn where all that snow gets taken away to. It took Soiferman seven years to complete the film. And whenever it snowed, he would grab his cameras, bundle up, and head outside to capture what it's like for Montrealers in winter, where the city sees nearly six feet of snow every year. That's about a meter and three quarters of the white stuff. Now, you may be listening to this episode from a long way away from Montreal, someplace warm, maybe. Soiferman says he's not making fun of anyone who leaves winter behind for Florida or Arizona. In fact, he and his daughter even took a quick trip south themselves recently for warmer climes, as one does during these long winters. But Soiferman wanted to celebrate the particular joys and beauty of the season when Montreal is swaddled in snowbanks and the city turns into a winter wonderland. I think there's like a Swedish expression, something like, the only reason not to like winter is if you're not dressed right. You know, if you're prepared and you're wearing your your hemp parka like I do, and your hemp gotkas, your long underwear, and you're dressed warm and you're ready to get out there and you do it, you're going to have a good time. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, March the 15th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Ezra Soiferman's long been at the centre of the art scene in Montreal. He ran the film programme at the Siegel Centre. He's worked on the Just for Laughs Festival. And some of his earlier films have won acclaim, especially a documentary about the owner of the city's Cosmos restaurant, a Greek greasy spoon. Even as a small child, though, Soiferman has been fascinated by the snowplows of Montreal. He always wanted to drive one. His five-and-a-half-minute film gets to tell that story using just street sounds and music composed by Josh Dolgan, who goes by the stage name So-Called. Coming up, Ezra Soiferman will be here to tell us how his film was made and why there are so many Jewish landmarks in it, right after this message. During World War II, the Nazis began a little-known program of extermination for their own children. In Peter Klenot's new mystery thriller, The Unwanted, 14-year-old Hannah Ziegler is being driven by her grandfather and her psychiatrist to a euthanasia center. 16-year-old Silky Hartenstein graces the cover of Nazi propaganda magazines. Avi Kreisler is a Munich police detective rounded up for Dachau. And a patrician father hopes his son, David McAuliffe, will be elected the first Catholic president of the United States. In The Unwanted, in the aftermath of war, revenge brings these four people together in ways unimaginable. The Unwanted. Do not skip to the last page. Find it at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And joining me now from his home in snowy Montreal is Ezra Soiferman. Well, congratulations on your film, Montreal Snowback. Uh, we could also call it Montreal Jewish Snowback because this is the Canadian Jewish News and there's lots of Jewish content in the film. So first of all, how has the reaction been to uh, the launch? What, what are people saying now that they've seen it? Well, the uh, reaction to the launch of the film about a week ago has been incredible. Uh, I'm super grateful for all the people who have written to me through all sorts of social and non-social platforms, uh, telling me about what they think of the movie, what they think of seeing my my punam, my face on the cover of the Montreal Gazette a few days ago. One of the main things that people have been saying to me is that 
I saw your film, I loved your film, and I sent it to my cousins in Australia. I sent it to my friend in Ireland. I sent it to... Everyone is sending this out as some type of, I guess, a symbol of Montreal, um, an explanation or a description of how we do things with snow here in Montreal, how we deal with the snow. And I couldn't be happier because I made this movie for people to see our city, to see a different side of our city than the you know, the festivals and the summertime and the, all the... Formula uh, One and whatever, yeah. T- the terraces and all this stuff. I love the winter and I wanted to share that with the world. And I made something that was short and sweet and that could be shared. And lo and behold, it's happening. It is amazing. And people are sending... I, I mentioned to you before we started to tape that my mother sent it to me. Another listener started to, sent it to me. So it is kind of this Montreal mafia that's all over the world. Anyone that ever had connection to Montreal will appreciate this. But and With your mother at the helm of that mafia, please thank your mother. <laughs> yes, she is my editor-in-chief. But in terms of the actual content, yeah. within a minute, we saw three Jewish landmarks and then the orange julep, which... If you're not kosher, you don't go. But that is another Jewish landmark. It's pretty Jewish, yeah. So tell me, you know, what was the reason that those three were in? Because is there sort of a Jewish uh, filter on this? Or why did you do that? And the Hasidim are in? Uh, There's a Jewish filter on everything I do, just to get that out of the way. Um, Basically, food is such an important part of everybody's lives. But my life, uh, I... I consider myself a filmmaker, a photographer, a foodie, and a friend. All those things I'm confident that I do very well, and I enjoy doing them. So when I make a movie about snow, you got to throw in a little shot of the snow in Delhi, obviously. Why? Because it's got snow in the name, and I love it, and it's down the street. And I happened to be there during a snowstorm one day, and it was snowing in front of their beautiful marquee that they have out front. It's like, you know, like a theater. They have the sign and people congregate. The Snowden Delhi is almost like a like a temple to us here in Montreal. And when I was there with a beautiful snowstorm one day, I got a video shot of it. And when it came time to edit the movie, I started throwing in all these landmarks like Schwartz's, uh, St. Peter Bagel Bakery, the Julep, like you said, all to integrate the food of Montreal, that important aspect of our city, uh, in, to integrate it into there. The fact that they're Jewish institutions or, you know... Uh, Jewish style. Jewish style, exactly, um, is because they're so important to me. And I wanted to, you know, get them out there further. It was not a paid advertisement. It was from the love of my heart, from the love of, uh, from my stomach. And uh, I shared it in the movie. Okay, so you threw down the gauntlet. You didn't put in Fairmount, I'm just saying. Personal preference, I love them both. But my... I guess you could say my top one is St. Vieter. In terms of uh, how you got to get your camera and get access to the snow clearing equipment and like the city of Montreal's, I guess, public works department, that I want to hear about that. How did you have to go about that, get permission and everything? Well, I hope I didn't have to get permission because I didn't get permission. I basically left my house. I walked out the door with my iPhone or my, my uh, professional camcorder or my big... A photo camera, and uh, hit the streets. No, no, but you got right into the cab, or your camera did anyway, of the one of the oh, yeah. trucks. I want, I mean, how did you manage to, to finagle that? Connections. Um, basically, this is a crazy one. 
I left my house one day because it was snowing outside and the snow clearing was happening. It's rare. Usually they wait for the snow to stop. And then two days later, they come and they cart away all the snow. And it takes several days to get the snow uh, off the streets. This time, they were clearing the snow from a storm a couple of days before, but it was also snowing that evening. And there's an app in Montreal that shows you where they're clearing. So it's very handy for parking, but it's also very handy for filmmakers who are making movies about, about snow clearing and want to get out there and find the trucks. So... I knew that there were trucks coming up the street. I headed out with my camera. I'm standing on the corner filming these guys doing their thing. And I hear, Ez, Ez, get over here. How are you? It's my my buddy, Dave Lazar, who lives a couple of blocks away. He was my uh, uh, counselor in the next bunk over at Pripstein's camp back in the day. And he's a real mensch. And he says, what are you doing out here? I said, I'm watching and filming the snow trucks and making a movie on this. Anyhow, we start walking and talking and seeing the trucks. Next thing you know, two minutes later, Dave, I hear his voice. Ez, Ez, get over here. I go over. He's got this dump truck standing next to him, parked next to him. And he says, the guy, the driver, he'll take you to the dump. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, he wants you to get inside. He's going to drive you to where they dump the snow. I'm like, oh, my God. So my heart's beating. It's like I'm meeting like Spielberg or something. The guy opens the door and he says, get in here. Anyhow, I proceed to ride along with him to the dump twice. He took me to one dump and then another dump. And uh, let me tell you what I saw there. It was like going to the construction of the pyramids in Egypt. There are these massive, massive, uh, I, I won't even use the word football field. It's like an airport of snow filled and they've got these snow blowers that are probably four times as strong as the snow blowers out on the streets and they're launching snow from the dump trucks launching it up onto these these uh, pyramid like structures anyhow i had that experience it's all thanks to dave and that's it i put it in the movie one thing you didn't mention was potholes and i know montreal cote st luke road some of these places are horrible fleet road ah so you didn't put any potholes in discuss uh that's a very good point i feel like i've let i've let everybody down no potholes um i love potholes why do i love them because i love getting them filled there's this thing in montreal you pick up your phone you call 311 what happens when you call 311? You wait on the phone for a little while. First, you yell at the thing. They say, Dis-moi notre... And you go, Côte des Neiges, NDG. Je pense que vous avez dit, NDG, Côte des Neiges. Ding. And then you wait on the phone. And then someone comes on. You say, Bonjour. Uh, j'ai un nid de poule que je veux. And you tell them about this pothole. And you report the address and the side of the street and the direction it's in. Lo and behold, I swear, I'm not kidding. Within a few days, it's filled all because you called it in. Now, the problem is most people don't call it in. So one time I walked Cote St. Road between uh, the synagogue there on Marsil and Baskin Robbins, the other kind of synagogue of, of sweetness. And I counted all the potholes and filled in potholes on that strip of road because it had gotten so bad over about the, the previous seven, eight years that I said, okay, it's enough about calling in one pothole here or there. This whole strip has to be taken care of. So I did a post on Facebook and I walked, it, the post described how I walked that stretch of road. It was about 14, 15 blocks. And in those 14 or 15 blocks, I kid you not, 
there were something like, I don't remember the exact number, about 4,000, 4,000 actual potholes and filled covered potholes. That's how bad it had gotten and how much work they had done on it. There's After more potholes than actual street, in other words, oh, yes. right? Well said. When I put up this post, I kid you not, after eight years of having been neglected, it was that summer. About three months later, the whole strip was repaved. So as my grandfather, Zadie Beryl, would say, as mefrekt nicht, bekumpt nicht, which I think I got right in Yiddish, which means when you don't ask, you don't get. So basically, when you see a pothole, let someone know they're going to fill it in and the world will be that much better. You mentioned also snow, snow blowing. So I have to ask the question. In some parts of Montreal that I know, like, for example, Hampstead, they blow the snow onto people's lawns and they make those, well, you called them pyramids from Egypt, but they make them on people's lawns, like my sister's house in these big, hard, dirty snow that is so high that you can't even see the tree half the time. Is that yes. a local decision or did they do that in Montreal everywhere? Because I saw in your video, in your film, that sometimes they take it away, too. The city of Hampstead, as far as I know, is still throwing the snow from the snowblowers onto the lawns and making those giant piles. When they come off the streets, you know how they pile it up on the streets and make those big, long line lines of uh, snow on the streets before they shoot it off? Those lines, I just learned, are called windrows. Um, in the city of Montreal, they don't do that. They basically cart it away in these dump trucks that line up along the streets behind the snowblower and then pull up alongside. They fill them in and then the truck heads off about a 15 minute drive to a dump. There are many dumps across the city. Some of them are those big pile dumps. Other ones, they dump it into these um, essentially sewers, these giant sewers where it goes into the water filtration system of the city and gets cleaned and then we drink it. Tell me about the famous Montreal white plastic igloo-shaped garages that people build for the winter to protect their cars in driveways. I haven't seen those anywhere else in Canada. Maybe there are. People can write in and tell us if you guys do that too. But that's something that was in your film, and I think it's unique to Montreal. So the generic name is a shelter for your car, but the Kleenex name is called a Tempo. And Tempo is a company in Montreal that... I think has cornered the market. They're known as tempos. These things dot the city. Most neighborhoods, I think, allow them, but some neighborhoods don't. The city of Westmount, the Heiche Fenster, they, no, no tempos. Um, in NDG, where I live, there are tempos. Not like a ton of them, because not everybody has driveways, but basically they protect your car, so you don't have to shovel the Farkakta driveway every single time it snows. And there's one in the movie, too. You could see one. It was a really windy night. It was just up the street. And if you turn up the sound on the film, you'll hear I left the sound. and It's like flapping in the wind. Montreal has a reputation as having like being one of the snow capitals of Canada in terms of the amount of accumulation. Are you aware of how much snow per year usually Montreal gets? It's in the area of 200 centimeters. I believe we're close to that this year. I think it's been quite a snowy year. Not the snowiest that I remember, but quite snowy. And it seems like the month of uh, February was a little relentless. You know, it was like every two days, more and more. And here's something interesting. The companies that you can hire to clean your driveway or clean your steps, private companies, they have a surcharge often. If it goes over 200 centimeters, we can charge you by the centimeter or by the inch, whatever they want to take away that excess snow because it's, oh, it's too much snow this winter. 
Some winters they get away easy because it doesn't snow very much and you've paid them your your cash in advance. And other winters it snows so much you're writing them checks <laughs> up until July. Is there anything particularly um, noteworthy about Montreal snow that's different in terms of, I don't know, what it feels like or the texture. Oh, it's delicious. You take a little poutine sauce and cheese curds on top of it. It's amazing. No, really. Snow teen. Snow teen. Um, no, because like, wait, 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 wait. I want to just go with this. Because people in Winnipeg or people where they get tons more snow would probably go, ugh, these people in Montreal, are making too much of it. Or not. So I want to Defend why this is, film was necessary, right? Anything that takes us Montrealers away from our beautiful springs and summers and our terrasse and our festivals and the beauty of the city and walking around in it, anything that gets in the way of that, it's trouble. We need to make something of it. So maybe that's why we take our snow so seriously, um, because we actually do. And, uh, you know, some people say, ah, oh, I hate the winter. I'm inside all the time. It's so this, it's that. You're going to get that in every city. Uh, other people get out there, and I personally, I like to, to roll around in it, to play with it, to go for long walks. I like to make movies about it, take pictures of it. Um, I'm a bit of a skier, not, not too much of a skier, but I love skiing, love skating outdoors, indoors. So I'm, I try to make the most of it. All right. Uh, two more things. First of all, people who, used, who grew up in Montreal, as I did and many of our listeners may have, when you move to another place and they freak out about like this much snow, I'm showing like my little teeny centimeter and they close the schools. We always think that they're all snowflakes because really that's nothing. Wait, you should have grown up in Montreal. We knew what snow was, right? It's all that whole thing about I used to walk to school uphill barefoot, you know, both ways. Do you feel that way too? Yeah, like Toronto's uh, mayor, uh, right? The mayor called in yeah. the army in a big yes. snowstorm, remember? And he got pilloried. Sure. <laughs> Um, I like the way you use the word, you call them, those people who were snowflakes for not uh, being able to deal with the snow. Very nice uh, use, of, invoking of that word, timely. And look, we all deal with the snow differently. It's, a, it's an emotion, an emotional connection we have. It's a feeling we have when it starts to snow. Some people freak out. You know, if it snows in Los Angeles, everything stops. If it snows in Toronto, sometimes everything stops. Even in Montreal, we get sometimes a little, you know, how many snowmageddons can we have every season? It's like, oh, this is the big one. We haven't seen this in 76. You know, it happens. People, people freak out. Why? Because it's something that unifies, that unites, that we can all have to deal with together. It's nature speaking to us. And when nature talks, we better listen. We better listen. We're learning that now. The snowstorms are part of that. There's no, no doubt that the, everything is affected by what's going on in the world now. And my film, Montréal Snowbeck, really is a reflection of what's going on in my mind, my heart, my camera right now, vis-a-vis -vis this winter. And, you know, we're going into a tricky time in this world and the movie provides, as people have said, it brightened my day, it made me proud of my city, it does that, but it also makes us think about nature. And I hope that it makes people appreciate nature and fear nature and learn to, how we have to deal with nature, whether it's with a shovel or with climate change on a, on a global scale. 
we got to pay attention and, and pitch in. Look, Ottawa just up the up the road from Montreal didn't open the canal this year for skating. That's the first time it's ever happened. So things are obviously yeah. not uh, in whack. There is one way which we haven't mentioned and your movie doesn't mention about how Montrealers deal with snow. And that is that they get on a plane and they go to Florida <laughs> and they spend the winter yes. as snowbirds avoiding it and being thankful that they're on Delray Beach going, ha ha, I missed the snow. Discuss. One of the most popular uh, comments I got as feedback on this movie was, your movie was fantastic. I'm happy I'm in Florida watching it from here. A lot of people said that. I'm in Florida. I'm in California. I'm here. I'm there. Look, I was guilty too. I have a daughter who has a friend who's in California who she hasn't seen in a long time. And I took her out to California for the for the uh, midwinter break. We spent a few days out there. And it, look, it's a machaya. Going to the sun where there's no snow is a beautiful thing. And us Montrealers, we love to do that. However, we come back to the winter and uh, the snowbirds come back. Sometimes they miss a year. It's a pandemic and they have to live through it and see what it's like. Everybody has their way of dealing with the winter, whether you run, whether you stay, whether you run for half the year or not. What can we do? We have to uh, make the best of, of all of it. And, you know, people who live uh, in Montreal and then they say, well, let's move to Florida forever. I would miss the snow. I would miss it. I would never be able to handle hot for 20, you know, for 12 months. I just wouldn't. It would be weird. So I, I, I hear you. You told another interviewer that you wanted to be a snowplow driver when you were a little boy. And then you got to be one. This is not a Jewish thing that Jewish parents want their kids to be snowblower um, drivers. Like this, they, lawyers, filmmakers, maybe, but definitely not a snowplow uh, driver. But you got to live your dream a little bit. So that's kind of cool closure, no? It's, I wouldn't say it's closure because it hasn't happened yet. I have not yet driven those sidewalk plows, not the snowblower. That's not, that's not for me. Oh, what kind of self-respecting Jew? No, um, I want to drive a mini tank, the little sidewalk plows that uh, clear the sidewalks. I called them when I was a little kid, I dubbed them mini tanks. Get over here in the mini tanks. And I would run to the front window and I would press my face up against the, the frosty glass. And I would stare out at these armadas of trucks that would pass in front of the house. And I said, when I grow up, I want to drive one of those mini tanks. So no, it hasn't happened. I ended up making a movie about it instead. But I have a feeling that somehow, some way, oh, I actually just wrote a letter to the company who makes those things. And I said, hey, watch my movie. You guys are in it. Enjoy. Who knows? Maybe they'll say, come out here and try one out. Wouldn't that be fun? So as I said, when I grow up, I would love to drive one of those. And maybe one day I'll have the opportunity to drive one of those things down the street in Montreal. And, and maybe make a little sequel. I, that's what I was going to say, Snowback 2.0, Snowback 2. Ezra, it's been great having you on the CJN Daily. A delight to talk to you. Congratulations on your new film. We'll put the link in our show notes for everybody that wants to watch them. Thank you for sharing my movie, both you, Ellen, and people who are watching. It's been a pleasure, Ellen, being on the show. And uh, I wish everyone a great uh, rest of the winter and then a wonderful spring and summer. I'll see you there. With Environment Canada reporting that Montreal lost half its snowpack in recent years due to climate change, the winters that Soiferman documented and loved so much may never be the same. 
And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-outs go to several milestone birthdays in our community. Mazel tov to Winnipegger Oscar Antel, who just turned 100. And in Montreal, happy birthday to Ruth Block. She's 105. Both were very involved in Yiddish culture in their respective cities. The CJN Daily is produced by Zachary Kaufman. Our executive producer is Michael Freeman. Our theme music is by Dov Beck-Levine. And if you like what you hear, please share it with your friends. Send them a link to a favorite episode, like maybe this one. If you want to support the CJN's journalism and get a tax receipt, please consider donating $8 a month to the CJN. That's $100 a year. And you'll receive our glossy magazine as a thank you for your donation. The next one is at the printers now. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.